Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fends and dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. No. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, the fifth episode of the 2024 NRL preseason, proudly brought to you by Patton George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams, and boy, am I excited for today's show because I have such an exciting topic on the one and only Tom Trebojevic. I'm going to get to that very shortly. I will not tease anymore just yet. My first guest on today's show, the SC Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Looking sharp. Looking very sharp. Tim Williams, sharp as always. Um... You and I made on the weekend, Blink 182, one of the great nights of all time. Mm. Far out, it was good. Uh, that combined with Jai Gray, little South fullback, <laughs> couldn't get much better. So, um, yeah, one of the greats. I'm actually still buzzing from both of those things. Um, and I've just got to find me way into a Taylor Swift ticket now for me and the wife. Uh, so if anyone's got one, DM me please, because uh, just love my music, mate. Uh, we get to talk footy. I'm a buzzing. In the words of the rugby league guru, Blink-182, Taylor Swift and Jai Gray were not high on my bingo card for your introduction today. That's it. And before anyone blows up, I'm an original Taylor fan, 2006, Pitcher to Burn. Great album before anyone knew us, so hook a brother up, I want to go. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Swift at CMC, Rocks the Snowies at Threadbow about 2006, shout out. Also with us today for the first time this season and very excited to have him back in the off uh, in the seat, I should say, hot seat, 2019 NRL Supercats champion, Desi Creek. Desi. Hey, boys. Good Here he is. Back. Good to be back. Um, Welcome back, yeah. son. Desi, mate, most of us had a, a pretty good off-season, a bit of a freshen up from NRL Supercoach and Rugby League to get ramped up for the pre-season. Your off-season, not as good. I touched on it in the first podcast. What have you been doing? Here I was driving around Byron Bay, uh, at dusk, not a good time to drive. Mm. Um, can't remember what I was doing, a bit of amnesia. I um, think I was just going to check the surf out. Big red kangaroo, huge, as big as the Supercoach Spy. That Ran big? Out. That big. Whoa. A, Jesus. A big man. Um, didn't have bull, bull bars on the car, so I figured, you know, you hear about kangaroos going through the windscreen. 
decided to turn, mm. went straight into a tree, smacked myself on the steering wheel, knocked myself out, bit through my tongue, woke up, saw my, like a bit of my tongue on the airbag, and woke up the next day in hospital. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, horrible stuff, Desi, and I think the story basically tells itself that you're sitting here right now, you're back on the podcast within a few months of that happening, which is pretty much remarkable. So uh, as far as miracles, not far off it, mate. You're doing all right. That's it, that's it. It's akin to Tommy Turbo's 140 average season, I'd say. It's that, that sort of miracle. Number one rule of driving on a country road, and this is not a pot shot at you, Desi, because there are so mm. many people in the same boat as you, if a rule or any wildlife jumps out at you, do not swerve. Hit it because you can repair a car. Uh, mate, it is very, very good to have you back, Desi. We're excited. We're very pleased to see that you're well and good. And I know when uh, we mentioned on the podcast during the season, there was a wealth of support come back for you. So good to have you back on the show. Also with us, as always, the producer, the heartbeat of the podcast, Maddie the Waterboy. Maddie. Boys, how are we? A bit more chipper than last week after Dominant Charity Shield win. It was against <laughs> the Dragons, so you take it with a grain of salt. But, mate, you've got to be in a better mood. I'm in a great mood. I'm in a great mood. It was a great win. Um, I still I don't think I'm as excited about Jai Gray Spy, and I'm like 9.5 out of 10. So, I'd, yeah, comparing Jai Gray to Bleak a that's a it's a big call, but credit to you. He is pretty little, but he's just exciting. He's, oh, he's, in all seriousness, how good was His he? legs were like blurry on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Spy, since the dawn of the SC Playbook podcast back in the early months of 2020, before COVID, it was before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, a, SC Playbook wasn't a podcast as a result of COVID. It was about three months before it hit. People have been asking, who is the spy? Who is the spy? Who is the spy? We gave you a head reveal a few years back when we went into studio because we were forced into it. (laughs) But, mate, people want to know who this spy actually is. And after umming and ahhing and thinking about it and really not wanting to reveal who you really are, I love the mystery of the spy. The time has come. Are you going to give it to him? I'll tell you the story, boys. Buddy, okay, it actually ties into something. People always ask me who I support in rugby league and I have to try and steer clear because if I tell you who I support, I'll tell you who I am. So let's get cracking, shall we? 1996 first Manly, a young <coughs> spy. Is that the first name? <laughs> Toddler spy. First Manly. St George Manly wasn't to be. 1999 versus Melbourne, a young spy. True story, woke up with a burst eardrum. I was a St. George, Illawarra Dragons, tragic. Well, St. George originally, but merged, dealt with that. Burst eardrum, it's not fun, anyone that's had that, but I was like, it doesn't matter. It's grand final day. (laughs) I was 10 at the time, so just rolled through those early games, got to the grand final. We had like me and the cousins and everyone have a party and the uncles and that they're all downstairs i'm upstairs literally vomiting in a bucket watching nathan blackrock streak away for 14 nil i didn't care i was so pumped happy days 40 minutes later we lose to a penalty try and i'm straight down to hospital getting needles in my bum and all sorts <laughs> literally the worst day of my life i could not script how bad that was 2005 heartbreak versus the tigers right to say script there they were too good for us 2010, Tarthra Bowling Club, the best day of my life. 
we finally get there. 21 years old, Uncle Wayne, Father Darius Boyd, take us to glory. Unbelievable. So a young spy, life's at its pinnacle at that point. 2014, skip ahead four years, boys. They sign a young bloke from Canberra, St. George do. It was actually my younger brother. So I'm going, how good's this? I've literally got my brother and my family at St. George, the club I love. What could go wrong? I was just didn't really think it through. How good. About four weeks into the year, we had a new coach. Benji's coming back from New Zealand. Said younger brother gets shipped off to France. And I'm pretty upset. Like, I've got the shits. A, because he's far better than that and he could have done really good things for us. But B, I'm like, well, you know what? Family comes first. St. George, dead to me. Not pre that time. I still watch highlights and games. I watch all the grand finals back. But family loyalty came first. So, <clears throat> two things, two reveals here. Who am I? I'm actually Timo's brother. Boom. And Sammy Williams from the Raiders and St. George for about three games and Catalan's Dragons. And, yeah, the older Williams is who I actually am. So, there you go. Cut from the same cloth spy. I thought for a second there you're indicating you're related to Bronson Harrison when you mentioned a dragon 2014. I can, un I can understand the resemblance. <laughs> we are brothers, mate. We are. We are. I've been putting up with your dribble for almost 30 years <coughs> until this very day. There we go. So there's so many things I haven't been able to say because of that. And I'm sure some people already knew this, but a surprising amount don't. So there you go. And who do I support? Well, in all honesty, after that, look, I've always had a soft spot for the Warriors. Always. Even when I love Saints. Don't mind the Tigers. We've got, obviously, Laurie Nichols, our great granddad, mm. so a family connection there. And my best mate is a tragic Tiger, so I watch all the games with him, so I'm big soft spot for the Tigers. But let's be honest, just at the moment, I'm never going to be a diehard of a club again. That's just, that's just too much to deal with, and the heart isn't in it. But I'm Sean Johnson. Well, Sean Johnson's here. I'll be supporting the Warriors. And I hope the Tigers do well. But, yeah, won't, won't ever be a tragic again. But that's the story the spy. There are two rugby league <coughs> diehard fans without clubs now, and I can hear the relief of the rugby league guru that he's got someone else on board to not support a club with. Yep. Something tells me my, my reason's better than his, but yeah. But there you go, <laughs> a very genuine reason, spy, and the monkey's off the back for you. You just be yourself now. Whew, watch out. Tales of the farm down south and getting into things. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, very, very good. Uh, shoot back. You can listen in, leading into round zero next weekend. Uh, all our pre-season podcasts are up and live. Go and check them out. About, what, five, six episodes now. Previewing every club, just about every important player in the Supercoach circle in those episodes, along with a bunch of other great topics. Also, Walson Carlos, the great 2019 runner-up behind only Desi Creek. Uh, he's back doing his <coughs> weekly wraps. The weekly rap podcast of a Sunday night, which went live this week, uh, NRL Trials Week 1. Walsh hates to admit it, but... And he won't tell in his potty about a gun footballer himself and his time from the Queensland region, stuck by a certain number nine by the name of Cameron Smith going through the grade. So a tough one to, to overcome, Cam Smith. But uh, an awesome footy mind, an even better bloke. Well, so go and check out that podcast via the SC Playbook audio channels. Of course, as you know, I touch on it every week, but the SC Playbook subscription package available on site in our menu if you want to support the site and get access to a ton of extra premium content. <laughs> throughout the pre-season and throughout the regular season. The SC Playbook Unlimited League. The code is 743596. Knock off all the contributors, $1,000 in your pocket at the end of the season. On today's show, 
The pre-season challenge, week two, team list, Tuesday pointers, some big, big stuff coming out of that, and it's bad news for a lot of cheapies. Pretty uh, devastating, actually, list coming out for, for a lot of players there. Our major takes we'll look at from the week one of the trials, including a goal-kicking Api Korosau becoming an option at hooker for round one. Tommy Chobojevic, 2021 season chat. Was the 143-point average a one-off due to loose rules, or can he do it again? The stats say he can do it again. I'm very excited for that one. We're going to talk about the 5-8 position with Jaden Campbell going down injured. We're scrambling for players to put in there, particularly if you're not going with Dylan Brown at top, top dollar. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with how the listener questions, how much money are we keeping in the cap leading into round one? Paddy from Mortgage Choice also drops in to convince that he's found the best 5-8 that we're all sleeping on. So that ties in Ooh. quite nicely, uh, Paddy, and his chat next week. A cheapy special, the draw analysis, both will be up on the site in article format as well this beat this beak, this week. Spy. Before we get into that, I actually don't think I actually said my name. So it's Tom. Tommy Williams is my name. Tommy Williams, there and you go. To SJ and the Waz this year, up the Waz. Footy's just been canned, got a text. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, the oldies didn't overthink it too much with us. T- Tim, Tom, Sam Williams, and there's no middle <laughs> name, so keep it simple. <laughs> Uh, guys, the topic. Spy's seen these stats. Maddie hasn't. Desi hasn't. <clears throat> the, so I did the Seagulls analysis on site during the week. And I did a deep dive into Tommy Chaboyevich in particular. And there's all, all this sort of... Re- <coughs> shout about that 2021 season where he averaged 143.5 points. The best se- supercoach season of all time that realistically probably will never be matched. And I bought into that, that it was like it was a one-off that season due to the rules and in particular the six again during that season were really relaxed. So there was a ton of points scored in the NRL. I went back, boys, and I compared the stats from that season to 2022 and 2023. In 2023, six players averaged 80 plus points per game. That's in a minimum of five games. In 2022... Four players averaged 80 plus. In 2021, eight players averaged 80 plus. So just a couple more than last season. You go back a little bit further. In 2023, there were 15 players in the game, minimum of five games, that averaged 75 plus for the season. In 2022, 10 players averaged 75 plus. And in 2021, the big year, 13 players averaged 75 plus. So there were actually more players last season that averaged 75 plus than in that supposedly record-breaking 2021 season. To add more fuel to the fire, in 2021, the third highest averaging player was Ruben Garrick with 87.5. That was directly as a result of how good Tommy Chaboyevich was, who laid on just about all his tries, mainly scored a ton of points. Ruben Garrick kicked goals throughout that season. That's so disappointing from Garrick. Yeah, 87. only 87.5. <laughs> so... My suggestion is that, hypothetically, Tommy Chaboyevich stays fit this season, plays out the whole year, injury-free, cross the fingers. I'm not necessarily saying he can get to 143.5 again because that was ridiculous. However, I'm saying that he can get near enough it if all goes to plan, he stays fit and healthy. He averaged, like, was it 83 or 86 on one leg last season? Yeah, Physio was saying if you took out, which he did, the mm. three games last year where he was blatantly hurt, there was like a, 
hit pointer back everything. Yeah. Uh, he averaged 98 in the other six or seven games. Still on yeah. one leg and not stretching Still out. Still not stretching out. So I know it's yeah. only a sample size and you can always look at a bunch of different stati- statistics to suit your narrative and what you're pushing. And I've done that with Tommy Turbo. Desi, I'll throw to you first, mate. What do you make of those numbers? Because holy moly, it gets me excited for Tommy Turbo this year. I'm excited for him. Um, what else can I say? I wouldn't have bet Wilson Carlos that he'd outscore Kalen Ponga this season if I wasn't confident. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Ponga was absolutely unreal last year. And for me to say that Turbo is going to do more than what Ponga did last year, it's it's quite a statement. So, yeah, I'm looking for the 120-odd average this season mm. from Turbo. I think, yeah, Manly have the, have the players to do it. They, they haven't really lost too much they've gained luke brooks the one and only so it could be it could be really good for manly um who's to say so uh, yeah i'm i'm keen <laughs> i'm keen for turbo keen i think you. i think uh i'll be captaining him most weeks round one round one for sure love it slap it straight on tommy t i'm he's finding well i think he's found his way into my side i would be nervous about the round one captaincy I do want to see him get through a game first and, and playing over there, new surface, small field, all those sort of things. I would like to see him get through one game before skipping <coughs> him straight up. Spy, what do you make of those numbers? I love them. Um, <laughs> I'll ask you this, based on those numbers and what we know about Tommy, if he replicates that form and health in this upcoming season, what do you think he averages? Like stays healthy, form and fitness. 120, 115. I, yeah, I'm thinking around the like 110, 120. I'm not going, saying he'll do it. There's a lot to unfold. I was going to say 118.5. <laughs> I was going to say 117. So, yeah, <laughs> not far off. And that's the clear, obviously, disclaimer there is the form and fitness he had in 2021 because, to me, he exploited those changes in rules more than anyone because he is so good. Uh, whilst others had boosts, he just went, well, you make this game slightly easy for me. I'm just going to yep. dominate. So now it's pulled back a bit. It still obviously takes some numbers off him. But as you mentioned on uh, beers and break evens there, Timo, it's 143. He could lose 35 points and still average 108. Yep. It's crazy. And still be the second highest average in Supercoach history. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I'm, I'm trying. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to average 143. We know records were broken that season with points, with the looser interpretations around the six agains. But I'm, I think the numbers show that it wasn't that much of an anomaly as we thought. Maddie, how do you see it looking at those numbers, mate? Yeah, those numbers are interesting because it totally went against what I was feeling. Like Everyone, myself included. 100%. So, obviously, 2021, there was a million points scored. I'm pretty sure, you know, Alex Johnson scored 30 tries. Like, there was just points everywhere. I think Storm and, the, like, two of the top four points in history were from that year, or, like, teams-wise. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, points, not super coach points. Um so hearing those numbers are actually quite interesting, especially the um, the 15 averaging 75 compared to 10 or ten last year and then yeah. 13 the year before, whatever it was. Um, in saying that, I think I'm – it's kind of boring. I think I totally agree. I, I, I think it was an anomaly, 100%. The mm. year was definitely an anomaly. The, year, the six again, all, t- all Tommy Travojevic needs is an inch to expose someone, and that six again rule gave him that – inch gave him more of an inch than it will this year yeah and that's what caused him to get that 143 average but it's tom travoyevich i'm never going to bet against tom travoyevich and i totally agree that if he's fit and firing this year then 110 120 average 
certainly seems bang on. But I don't think I, I'd be very shocked if he gets 140 again. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned Melbourne, who who broke records that season. Looking at Cam Munster now. Ken Munster in 2021 averaged 74. He went on an average 81 the following year and then again 71 last year. So in that record-breaking points year, rugby league on field. So I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, but I don't know, because there were so many points, did it just equate to less ball in play, less runs, less tackles because there's so many stoppages with all mm. the points. I don't know. Smarter people out there will be able to help make sense of this. Uh, shout out Adam DeRussi, do some crunching for us, mate. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just, I thought they were very telling numbers. Um, also worth noting, Cleary was the second best that year. Mm. If we, you want to bring up what he got that yeah, year? Yeah, Cleary was like 108 or 108, something. So not a crazy amount more than what a fit Cleary does, which Do is we like know 95. What the, the single highest score each year was, like the record. Not there we, there we not are, 225. On, not on the mark. Yeah, like not right now. So I, I don't think the record, the Supercoach record, was bro- was. It's been broken since that 2021 year. Yep. So we know the ceiling can go higher. <clears throat> Will we see 300 this season? No. Nah. You don't think so? It can't, it <laughs> you can't think be done? When, I hope so. I think, was it... Does Turbo have it with 242 or something from memory? I actually pre- don't remember. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Why I, don't, I the Sharks Cle- game rings the bell. I think Cleary did like a 225 and then I'm, I think Tommy Turbo was like a 242. Uh, but no, like... He can't have done more than he did in those games. You don't think? Mm. It's been getting higher every year, though, that top yeah. score. Um, I'll throw in some some negatives, boys. Before you do, yep. just on Nathan Cleary, he was obviously the other exception that year with 108. Cleary, you know, after him, it was that Ruben Garrick on 87.5, the third top average. Nathan Cleary's also a freak and an incredible footballer. So there's no reason why he can't average over 100 again this season as well. Spy? I'm backing him for a, for a ton this year. Ton average, Nath Cleary. A um, couple of points against Turbo. It might seem really obvious. Obviously, injuries are risk, but I think, do we all agree, you're better off just starting with him because it would be nothing more <laughs> frustrating than going, oh, he looks pretty good again. Let's mm. grab him. You use a trade. Then he comes out and he unfortunately does get hurt. Then it's two trades in and out. Might as well start with him. See what you're working with. He could win you the comp, and if he doesn't, it's one trade to move him on at max price. You can go to anyone. So I like that, but injuries like that's if he wasn't didn't have an injury history, everyone would everyone own. owns him. Yeah, correct. So that brings it in. Vegas is obviously just the unknown there. So it's to me a minor factor. I'm not worrying too much about one game, but it's something to consider if it's a fifty-fifty decision for you. Um, and then my third point, I was like, makes absolutely no sense to me, but I figured it out. It's there's a lot of other guns at fullback, so it's like it's in the hottest seat ever. Any other position, you just go well, turbo for sure. But you know the other boys you've got there in you know Latrell, Drinky, um, Pappy at cheaper, that brings in questions around get Tommy as well. Latrell so, six runs a game. Six runs a game, yeah. So what's the average? <laughs> six, six runs a game averages eighty. What if he what if he has twelve extra twelve tackle busts, twelve offloads? Could, could break the three hundred. Yeah. One sixty average for the year. Um, it's interesting, but like for me, I've got to agree. I've, I just want to start with him. I believe the hype. Hype's coming from everywhere. I do too. And as soon as I heard on that doco that the performance trainer's like, Tommy, or T, you haven't run that fast in two years. I nearly fell off my chair yep. and straight to my app just to go, well, you're definitely in if you're not already. So That was yeah. so telling, wasn't it? <laughs> because the other thing is, I've said it a couple of times, he didn't do his hammy last year. He did his peck in origin. Yep. His hammy was fine. 
That's reassuring. I'll take half a year as well. Obviously, Manly fans and footy fans don't want him hurt, but if you can at least pay 12, 13 weeks for us and dominate, that'd be great. Oh, if you can, you can play... Actually, I was about to say you can play six weeks and I'll sell him for $1.8 million in Supercoach. Get through to Origin, Tommy, please. <laughs> yeah, actually, we need you in Origin as well. <laughs> please. Boys, the trial pointers from the teams to come out. We will go to uh, the week one... Sightings, uh, the tips from uh, shortly. Couldn't not get that out then. Uh, <laughs> I was just everything. It's been a big day. We pre-recorded a beers and break even for about three hours. All right, just bear with me, um, <laughs> guys. Team list Tuesday. What did we learn from them? First, foremost, Joey Lusick named at nine for the Parramatta Eels. Brendan Hands, who played the week of trial last week, named on the bench. This is obviously not what we want to see in round one in terms of the dual hookers, but Spy, and a lot of this is going to be reading between the lines and making a few assumptions, but this suggests to me that Joey Lusk's the front runner for that nine spot. Sure does. Um, as you said, we don't know that for sure. It could be because he was hurt last week and needs extra game time. We don't know, but as it stands, full strength side, Joey Lusk at nine. It's easy if Hands isn't on the bench round one because Lusick becomes your cheaper backup yeah. hooker. But if Hands is on the bench, could make things tricky. Braley's already hurt. All I won't this. touch them. If, yeah. if they're both named, yeah. I'm not picking either. Oh, by tricky, I mean, who else oh, where is do we there? Go? It's a bit tricky. You've got to go up to Cheese or, you know, like a, someone lower. It could be a bit of scrambling for, for everyone come if, round if one. If they're dual hookers and, I mean, Braley's not been named in either trial and this is reportedly twinged a hammy... Cheese will already cheese, have played in Vegas, so it can't become, be him. Can't well, be. in terms of that, of course, yeah. Yep, like, so he's yeah. out. It'll be very interesting. So, so mm. tough. Have a contingency. At the Sharkies, Sefer Talakai named at centre for the Sharkies. KL Eero has missed. Uh, we were hoping he's a cheapie at centre for round one. He's been named in the reserve. It, it doesn't mean that Eero won't sneak in there by round one, but not encouraging for him, who also played in that week of trial for the Sharks at the weekend. Blake Taff. Named at fullback for the Bulldogs, Stephen Crichton at centre. Not majorly supercoach relevant as such just yet. Bronson, Bronson Sherry, who will touch on him, I'm sure, in the looking back on the weekend's trials, but he was terrific in his first hit out back in four years. He has been named at centre, which is super encouraging. No Connor Tracy, though, so that is worth noting. Uh, a big one, Desi. Josh Curran, hugely se- selected player to start the season. Jamin Salmon, who played in the weaker trial for the Dogs last week. That being said, there were some, there were some good footballers in it. They had Birdo and Hutcho, etc. Curran uh, didn't play. Salmon did and went really well, playing in that middle role as a 13. Salmon's been named at lock. Curran on the bench. Far less than ideal. It surprises me. I, I would be surprised as well if Taff stays at fullback and Critter doesn't actually move back there. You know, maybe a few rounds into the season, they might change it up a bit. I would also be surprised if Salmon starts at lock for the Dogs. I, I think Curran will be there come round one. I think he'll probably play 60 to 65 minutes. They need him to. He's he's actually pretty outstanding when he plays there. Average, I think I saw in Spy's team reveal, he averaged 67 a few years ago. So we know he's got those sort of numbers in him. So It, it, hurts. it hurts Spy... Even if Curran is named there round one, and let's say Salmon plays this trial and goes really well, they've got a bloke playing a very similar role there, along with Kurt Mann, who'll be on the bench, who plays also a very similar role. 
it's going to be very concerning for Josh Curran. Yeah, and then you say, oh, it's all right, he can play an edge. Well, he's not getting many edge minutes, although he could spell kick out for 20. Kick so out probably play 60. Maybe that's where he ends up with his 40 and 20. But <laughs> all of a sudden there's question marks um, with Pia Kuraherd as well at the moment, who I'll start with anyway, by the way. Come yeah. around one if I won't be worrying about that. Um, those mid-range back rows are looking a bit dicey all of a sudden, so it's going to be some big decisions come round one, a bit of team analysis going on there. But for me, Desi, um, not sure if you saw the dog's trial, but uh, Salmon looked really good. His ball distribution, he was very silky and just, just got the ball humming. So maybe it's a key role there that they want him to play. I don't know. Or maybe Curran comes in and starts to play his big minutes, but it's certainly one to monitor. I'm super concerned. And with so many terrific... Mid-range two RFs to choose from, Curran. Uh, he's he'll stay in my team for the time being, but big watch on that round one team because mm. I've lost a lot of confidence there. Uh, Drew Hutchinson, and there obviously be a little bit of crossover between the trials and the team that sort of come out. But Drew Hutchinson again named at halfback for the doggies to partner Maddie Burton, Toby Sexton named on the bench. They were both terrific in their respective periods uh, in that game in the win over the Storm. Drewy Hutchinson, uh, Hutchinson though, who's dual halfback centre wing. I think we spoke about him the week before when he was named their spy. Yep. He just dominated the game. He organised the doggies, got him around. He played both sides of the ruck. He got so many touches. Burton just stayed on that left edge. Any Burton owners I'd be very concerned with. But Desi, Hutcho at about, what is he, 340? I think he's about 350k, 355k with that dual positioning. If he's named round one, I know I'm very keen on him. Where do you sit on him? Yeah, I think so. I've, I've already got a lot of Bulldogs in my team, as I was saying to you boys. I think I've already got five of them in there. I, I don't know if I can fit him, to be honest, but I was, yeah, Spy was telling me he, he makes, you know, high 20 tackles a game. Mm. That's an incredibly good base. And does it, does it miss any? That's the thing. So you might make your 25 and miss five. You're down to 20. I was looking plenty of games in the past at number seven. He's made yeah. 27 to 29 tackles. Without really missing any, so that's a pretty good start to your campaign in the centres, isn't it? If you can put a halfback at centre, <coughs> you may as well. So and he I runs think, the ball, yeah. big body, offloads, Hakabas. I'm a huge fan. I'd be surprised if he myself. wasn't up at like 40, 50% ownership mm. come round one. <coughs> of course, there's going to be job security issues with him. He's at the awkward 355k price tag where if there are other starting CT dubs at like 220k, you can bank a lot of cash. But at the same time, if he does flop and he doesn't score well or he gets dropped by round three, he is an easy downgrade. So there is that to it as well. At the Storm, boys, Kane Bradley, Queensland Cup winger, <laughs> named in the back row on the edge with Ellie Katoa. Sean Bloor has been named in the reserves along with Jack Howarth. Did not see this one coming. Bradley did spend time in the back row in Queensland Cup last year as well as the wing. Spy, I mean, there's not a lot to say about this other than round one team watch, but don't love it for Sean Bloor. <laughs> not ideal, but he... Um, it doesn't mean he's not going to start round maybe one. Maybe he's easing in and yeah. Belly doesn't necessarily care what stage of the game he plays. Munster's not playing, so it's not a combination issue. Uh, in saying that, though, if Munster's carrying a niggle and he might miss round one, you'd want to be linking up your new half on the left there, which would be yeah. Pezzet with your new back rower, so... Another another concern. Not ideal, <laughs> but a big watch. Kai Pierce Paul, the Englishman, back rower, named on the bench for the Newcastle Knights. That second row forward watch at Newcastle. Dylan Lucas scored a double, was great in their trial on the weekend, starting on the edge in a strong Knights team again, featuring Kalen Ponga. No Jaden Braley again. Boys, I think 
even if named in round one to start and Phoenix Crossland's on the bench, we can put a line through Jaden Braley to we see him play some minutes. Well, yes, until the fact of the parrot issue. Yeah. I'd still if there was no one else, I'd still be happy to plug him in and just hope he just keeps just keeps going as we go. I would find the extra hundred odd K for cheese, I think, if that's how it eventuated. Yeah. But remember you can't take the paraguys because cheese plays early. So I know. <laughs> it's so interesting. Look, Gonna throw a spanner. Brad Arthur, I'm sure he's an honest man. He said he's playing an eighty minute hookup. He'll just do it, right? Sure. Surely Kate just never lies. Uh, Anari Tuala named on the vacant rights right wing at the Newcastle Knights, uh, vacated by Dom Young. Just Rock- quietly. They knew Tuala fans from way back. We were. Yeah. We are. Right Edge Knights, Hummin, Smokey. Pass. Rocco, <laughs> Rocco Berry named at centre for the Warriors. Ali Leotow, block-busting centre, killed it on the weekend. Matty, I'll throw to you here for the Warriors now. He just looked like something special. There was one maybe poor defensive read there. I haven't seen enough of him to know whether or not there's defensive issues in his game. Uh, I actually love Rocco Berry, and I thought he did. The Warriors' right edge last year, one of the best edges in the competition, and Rocco was a big part of that. Uh, but Leotow, not named, not necessarily reading heaps into it, but yeah, he was good on the weekend, wasn't he? He was awesome. He was awesome. It wouldn't have shocked me if he, if he was, but I think Rocco Berry kind of deserves... His chance after he'd last He'd be hard year. done by oh, I think he'd be very hard done by yeah. uh, Look, I wouldn't have a bad week if I was him. Seriously, there's a lot of plays in that Warriors team. Like, I mean, Rogers to Avasa Shek is a third string fullback. There's a lot of... Yeah. They've got a lot of depth at the back there uh, in the back set of the Warriors. So, yeah, I'm not entirely surprised. Um, but, geez, one to watch. Yeah. Good coaching, Webby. Um, I said, Rocco Perry in that spot last year and he deserves first crack at it. Uh, but Leotow, one to keep an eye on because he is a beast. Luke Metcalf named at 5'8", over Tamari Martin and Chanel Harris-Tavita. A watch there. Not super coach relevant, but Tamari Martin in particular is very cheap. He's about mid-300Ks if he were to nab that spot for round one. Jake Avrilo named on the bench again for the Dolphins. Tessie New at centre. Jack Bostock is about 310k. Cheapy potential there. Copton absolute roasting doing my... Uh, I just threw some trial pointers out yeah. over the weekend. And when I mentioned that Avrilo might have fallen down the pecking order and it might be Tessie New starting, roasted. That's all right. Went well there. <laughs> anyway, full-strength Dolphins team's come out and Avrilo's been named on the bench. You know, this doesn't mean he's not starting yeah. round one, but Tessie New, who I'm certainly a fan of, all this preseason hype spy around Jack Bostock... I'd, I'm definitely leaning now towards and Tessie Tess, starting at centre. Tessie News shredded a heap of KGs <laughs> as well. I'm, I'm with you. I think he's a gun. Um, he did look, he was carrying a, carrying a fair bit last year. So if he's fit and healthy, boy, he can play. It'd be interesting to see what Avarillo does. Maybe yeah, he ends up with a bench roll early. But yeah, it's all, all up in the air there at the Finns. It is Matty I, uh, Matty Eisenhuth, Tom Eisenhuth named on the edge for the Dragons. You know, certainly job security around that, but... Firming to potentially start on the edge for the Dragons. Jules CT dub second row forward. Becomes very interesting. Raymond Fatala Mariner and Viliami Fafida a hyped cheapy as well. Named on the bench. So we get a look at all those guys this weekend. Lachlan Galvin, the exciting Tigers <coughs> utility. Named at 14. Can't wait to get really? a sight on him. Desi Morgan Smithies, the English recruit, gets his first crack at the Canberra Raiders. I don't think the trial's going to tell us that much because he's just a... Classic Pommy prototype. He's going to come out, work his ass off, get through his tackles, get through his runs. There won't be a lot of tackle busting or offloading, but it'll be good to get a side on him regardless. Is he in your window at the moment for round one? He's not. I've, I've never seen him play, but by the sounds of it, he's a poor man's John Bateman. 
without the tackle busting and offloading. That's fair. Well, That's that fair. price, we could probably take <laughs> he's it. He's going to run it up. He's going to make his tackles. How much is he? Three, three forty-five, fifty odd. You can plug him in. I have, I have no qualms against it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never seen him play. I can't. Uh, can't all I'm can't looking comment. for, all I'm looking for from Smithy is if he comes out. White as without a tan and tackles 60 times in 40 minutes, I'll lock him <laughs> in. If he's got a tan, there'll be a real red flag against him from the Pommy prototype. More arm tats, the better. Uh, boys, <laughs> at the Raiders, Chevy Stewart, very popular cheapy. Everyone thought he was a lock for round one. The kid's 18 years old. There's always question marks around it. Didn't exactly stand out despite a Raiders <clears throat> big win over the Eels in the trial game. Chevy's been named in the reserves with Albert Hopawade named at fullback. Now, I don't know if they'd run out like that come game day in the trial this weekend, but I would be more surprised if Chevy Stewart, off the back of this and the trial and his age and all sorts of different things, if he starts round one. So I would not be overly factoring him into our cheapy plans to start the season. What I would say on that um, <clears throat> is a bit of word out of Raider, Raider camp that they potentially – look, he's 18 – they might just not want to play him 27 weeks. It's a long stint. Enter Got a contact there or something, mate? Uh, oh, well, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, <I feel> good. <laughs> finally. But, um, and it might be a case of maybe he, he plays half the season or less, obviously, depending how the whoever number one goes. But for me, I'm just wondering if cheapies are hard to come by. At 208k, he could be enough if you know there's a fair chance he's going to come in. Could come in for the origin buyers. Like, he's one of them guys I'd still consider, if not named, at that price. Mm. Uh, it's round one chat, but just something to flag. Yeah. Uh, and at the Titans, Bo Furmore and Jacob Ailick named on the edges there. We know Dave Fafita out till about round four or five. Look, the big trial watch there. We want to see Bo Firmer on that left edge. Look, it's not going to make a well... Um, you know what? It will make a world of difference. We want to see him running off Kieran Foran. It's the place to be. He did damage on that left edge. 11 tries in 2022. So we'll be keeping an eye on that one. <coughs> Boys, moving on to... Where are we up to, Spite? Where are we up We're to? We're up to the team list from the weekend. Now, where do we start from? Some's deleted here, but I think you're looking for maybe the trial notes. That's where we could be up The to. trial notes. <laughs> the key points. Rattled. <laughs> Told you, Spot, it's been a big day. A little, fact, just go through the thing. <laughs> a, little, a little bit off the ball. Confused myself. Chopping and changing. We're back on deck. Uh, and we're going to the week one trial takes. And Spy, you can kick us off with five things that caught your eye. I did until my laptop died, but luckily I took a photo. So bear with me just a momento. Well All right. done, mate. Number one, Reese Walsh was one I'm obviously looking closely. Everyone loves, firstly, we love Reese Walsh. I, I love Reese Rolls. He's right in the mix if Tommy wasn't there. Um, but what I look for is how he's going when the defence is aiming up. So that first half, the Cowboys absolutely delivered defensively. They, oh, they basically outplayed the Broncos. Look, trial round one doesn't matter, but what I noticed was Reese basically scored seven base points. I was counting pretty close, checking some stats in the first 40 minutes. He had he got on the outside of his man, tipped on, which probably meant he would have got the try assist. So you could argue he's probably on 27 mm. at half time, but he could easily be on 11 at half time. Now that's the concern with Reese. Um, so does that does that concern you though? Because it happened so often last year, it, and there's very few teams who defend for 80 <coughs> minutes in this league. Besides the Panthers, pretty much. They're one of the only teams that do it. And we saw this from Walsh time and time again. You boys owned him. I didn't own him. 
And I think he's just going to be a painful, painful death ride again this season. It's going to be the same old thing. We're going to see him come out, be 10, 15 at halftime, and about 95 to yeah. 100. It's, it, and you're not going to own him this time because you're probably not going to be able to with the other fullbacks. What I'd add is it, it wouldn't concern me if the calibre of other fullback options wasn't there. So if it wasn't for the likes of Turbo, Ponga and Co, I'd just have him regardless. But it's just worth noting if you're going to go him over a Turbo or KP, whoever it may be, that he has that in him. And we did see last year, I brought him in for the back half of the year in round one, he scored 23. So he's capable mm. of it. It's just worth noting, our guru, guru bangs on about that as well. And he's right, like... If the defence aims up and it's just one of them days where stuff doesn't go to hand or it's just a lower scoring match which happens, he's got 25s in him, whereas a lot of the others don't. Uh, but yes, he also it, has 180 in him. Yeah, if it wasn't for the Broncos' brutal draw to start the year, I'd be happy to look past that risk. But because their draw is so difficult, there could be a couple of games there where that happens in. So I was happy to bypass mm. him. Like... Let's say he had a one Panthers, but then into a Dragons or a Tigers or whoever it might be. Even if he got the 30, I'd be backing his talent to go 130 the next week. But yep. it's a tough draw. It evens out. So it's just worth noting, just a note around Walsh. Yep. Um, Piakura, just big raps. It seems obvious, but his two tries were really good. He runs hard. You've mentioned it before, Nicara-style lines. Um, I still think his base would be okay. Given he's hurt, though, boys, I'll happily still start with him in round one, even if... If we know he's round, back round two or three, starting back row, I'll just start with him on my bench. I don't want to use the trade unless I'm really looking skinny in that area, but gee, he looks good. He the looks beauty really, of it really as good. well is because round one split over two weeks, if he misses the round one game, he actually gets that two weeks to recover and be back by round two. Yep. So that helps a lot. This is one week. Um, uh, I provide like it sounds like he's pushing to be on the plane to go to vegas and play round one as long as nothing new comes up and the word is that it'll be right for round two if he misses that i'll start with him as well that's it uh jack howarth big one for me in the indigenous first Māori match he was incredible i thought physically played on the left edge for a little bit there then he went into the middle i don't know if he actually played the middle but he had some carries through the middle he's just grown up i think maybe that's what they've been waiting for him just to develop physically I think he's got a massive role for Melbourne this year, even if it's off the bench. I'd be curious. So he's got to be a shot at left left back row. Has I know what be. Bellyache's thinking, but at his price, he might even be one you start with, even if he's bench, because he just looked like he's just gone to that you next level now. You can't start with him despite the upside, even if on the bench, because we've been having this conversation for three years, and something he's done has pissed off Bellyache. My, my it, good mate Clementine tells me that when she came sixth, Sat on the bench the whole season, and she reckons that's what's gone wrong last two years. So she's having him regardless. <laughs> yeah, look, the talent's there for all to see, but <clears> for whatever reason, maybe Bellier's just being super patient with him. But if he has been super patient with him, now has to be the year. So um, not touching him unless he's. Starting. I mean, I mean, in the seventeen, though, I'd be happy to have a look at him if he's you know, named in the fifteen jersey or something. Mm. So it's just an interesting one because I think he offers potentially what Melbourne lack in that physical go forward with a bit of skill. Yeah, I, so I agree. Yeah, it'd be very curious. Um, Betty Trojevic, same boat. Jeez, he's grown up in six months. He has. Uh, which makes me feel better about his body, hopefully. I know hammies and that don't help, but he just looks like a man now. And oh, the Burbo hype's got to be real, doesn't it, boys? Manly, they're going straight into the top four. Top four? Off Burbo's boot. At his price, have to lock him in and yell, yeah, I'll, I'll be playing him round one. If he's that back row, round one, which I expect he will be now, 
in the centres there, fourth centre, lock him in and play him and hope he can friggin' play at him. The fact that he's dual CT dub back row, you know, I'm happy to plug and play him as a starting CT dub for as long as his name to start. There is the obvious risk that it sounds like Josh Schuster isn't going to Vegas, so Burbo's seemingly locked into the edge role to start the season. If we get to round two, Burbo's back on the bench, Schuster's starting, it's a risk I'm willing to take. 100% at that price. Um, and finally, Willison, boys. Holy hell. He nearly had two or three tries. Just busting tackles at Wills. Speaking to Matty before the pod here, it's like he made a half break every time he touched it. Uh, and that was against quality opposition. That was the one game of the week that was actually really, really meaningful. So you can't say, oh, it was just a trial. Don't worry too much. Like, it mattered. He looks very promising. So if anyone doesn't have him as a cheapie, he's the kind of bloke that come right into calculations as a, a play in your 17. You need to know minutes. That's obviously the key. Yeah. We don't know what his role's going to be, so it might be worth waiting, but bloody hell, he looked good. And the one benefit there is obviously with, with Tommy Flegler <coughs> leaving the side, Keenan Palisia, there is minutes to be had there, and we'd assume they'll probably go with like a hooking combination of Billy Walters starting, and then whether it's Tyson Smoothie or Corey Pax or Billy Moser, whoever it is, Blake Moser. Um, Billy O'Late. Billy, call up. Yeah, Billy Lake oh, call up. Blake, Blake, Blake Moser. Uh, Little brother trumping him. There should be a number nine on the bench, hopefully at the Broncos, which bodes well uh, four minutes for him. So mm. I'm keen on him as well. And my final trial note, this midi is so bloody good. They're a good drop. <laughs> Fair play. Shout out to Campy. Shout very, out to very good. two bloke in a bar. Mm. Wonderful drop. So get down to your local and get a case of bloke in a beer for this weekend's pre-season challenge week two. Desi, who caught your eye in the trials, mate? You know what? It's a man who almost cost me 50k. No wonder he caught your it's eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Roger to a vice Yeah. Ah, good call. Um, yep. Yeah, he was just running rampant over the competition when he left. So, um, yeah, for 540k odd and being able to put him into center wing, it's a godsend. It's and a you godsend happy with that? that he's not fullback. You happy with that even at left center in, in real NRL? Very, very happy. I think he'll be just as good as he was. You know, he, he breaks tackles like there's no tomorrow. Um, I think he'll be a staple player in many Supercoach teams this season. He, he looked unreal, Desi, and I can see him being my point at some stage this year. I can also see him starting the season on fire and people scrambling to get him by around three or four. All that being said, he's not in my team, and the reason being is as good as he looked, he didn't roam which is what I was expecting, and with a super coach eye on it is what I was hoping for. He stayed on that left edge, which I did not like. That isn't to say that he's not going to in this weekend's trial, and if he starts crabbing out and following and playing as a bit of a second fullback, I'll be keen on him. Even then, touch and go, first year back in the NRL. Physically, though, movement, he looks like he hasn't he missed a beat. Yeah. I couldn't believe how good he was. Yeah. I knocked him last week. I knocked, not him, but generally coming back for Union, union can be tricky at times. Bloody hell. I do not want a non-goal-kicking centre on a side team's weaker edge in my team. Two of us can be the exception if he roams. But as it stands, we didn't see that. My tip would be on him. I reckon real NRL, absolute dynamite. Water lock-in for the Waz. But I reckon he might just hold his price in the opening couple of months. Play real good footy without the work rate. Yeah. Interesting. Anyone else, Desi? Is he in your team? Has he worked his way uh, to your team? Yeah, I've penciled him in. Um, Desi's team reveal will be going up on site probably tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Other one was obviously um, Appy Coruscant. 
yes. goal kicking. So I had Harry Grant absolutely penned into the spot all off season. He's burned me so many times, starting without him. But then as soon as they gave the kicking tee to Coruscant, I was just straight on the up. Update, uh, yeah, 200k. Faster than you could blink. Um, up. Yeah. As we said, even if he doesn't get 80 minutes, I think you said, Timmy, if he gets, say, 60 to 65 minutes, he's still priced at 570k. So I would be surprised if he drops below that price. I think it's only upside. I think the Tigers can only get better, same as some other clubs. I don't see these clubs getting worse. So, yeah. Do rate it. He's also too good and too important to the Tigers with uh, a veteran and a rookie half in there. Let's say they go with with Caesar and Bud Sullivan. He's too important to play less than 60 minutes, I think. So, yeah. sure, we want him playing 80. But if they do run, say, like a <coughs> Talon De Silva on the bench or a Simpkin, I'm pretty tempted by him as well. Round one is awkward. It'll make me feel a lot better if there is the... You know, say Brennan Hands or Lassie because the sole hooker because they're an easy yeah. plug around one. That being said, even if you do have to play a cheap hooker for one week because you're keen on Appy, might cost you thirty points. Yeah, um, I also said last week that I was sure Caesar would kick over him. I had a look since then. Appy kicked sixteen from eighteen goals last yeah. week, last year. Sorry, handy. that's very handy. A few from the sideline. Um, fun fact: he actually lives about two hundred meters from me, Appy. <laughs> so I might be going to knock on his door in the next couple of weeks just for a quick. Cup of tea, mate. How many minutes? You're still kicking goals? How just, are you? Just throw, throw some uh, Red Cross kit on or something and just your door knocking and just see if you can get a few answers out of him. Yeah, sorry, up your wrong house, mate. While we're here. <laughs> uh, I am very interested in him, boys. Very interested. Uh, obviously, really want to see uh, the, the round one team lineup, though. If he's named as the sole hooker, oh, very keen. Sammy Hughes was an obvious standout for the doggies. Minutes to be had there. He can bust a tackle. He can offload. My question to you is, and, and Guru and I have had a good chat about this in our front row analysis on tomorrow's show, recorded a day early this week. Can you start Sammy Hughes in the front row with whoever else it might be do we think he can knock out that 40 to 45, earn a bit of cash, and just hold a spot to allow us to spend up elsewhere, Spy? If you've got a contingency plan ready that if he comes out and knocks out 28 to 30, yeah, I think he can. It's, it's ballsy. It's not sort of something I would typically do, but I'm trying to be a bit more adaptable. I, I know yeah. if he does come out and play his way less a minutes than we thought, <clears> and you've got like... Willison on the bench yeah. and another cheapy front rower and the best you're getting out of him is 30 points. Obviously, like, that's not good, but it's also worst-case scenario. Like, it's it still is not diabolical. Case. Like, when, when you're starting someone for 238k and it allows you to spend – that saved you 200 grand on a mid-range or 300 grand that you can spend elsewhere. It's all about the upgrade, isn't it? Just go to your side, put them in your front row mm. and see what that upgrades in the rest of your 17. If it's 30 points or something and a reliable centre, could have merit. I haven't done it yet. I've done it. You have? You, you boys I know I was, I was keen on, I was very keen on the <coughs> top dollar front row forward being Tino um, pre-season. But after some comments on, on the Twitter posts and stuff, people saying, you know, Desi might do this with the forwards. Um, it's just not worth the risk, I don't think, on Tino for 790k. I think you were saying that as well. So... I've done it. I've I've done the downgrade. I've banked <laughs> the 550k that it got me. 
and I've put some upgrades in the centre wing. Tino could average 65 to start the season. Sam Hughes could average 55. And there's, what do you say, 550k difference between them. I'm going to do a live play while you keep talking and tell you what I come up with. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the end, Spy Boys. From Walsh's article on site, a few other <coughs> eye catchers. Ryan Pappenhausen, he was a big one because he looked terrific in an understrength storm side against a pretty strong Bulldog side. Spy didn't kick, and the second he didn't kick, I found funds for Tom Trebojevic in my team. He's not kicking. Um, with not kicking with that draw, including the buy and penalty. Panthers round one, buy round four, tough draw. Like, I wasn't starting with him last week, even if he did kick, yeah. let alone without it. Um, and that's not to say he's not going to do well. I was really, really happy to see him running freely, him scoring that try, chasing the kick. Also, what a play. Yeah. Back across the scrum. Brilliant. Um Maybe buddy happy, I'll tell you. But, yeah, I'm still very happy to steer clear and just see how things unfold and really target him post-buy if we think he's going to be the pappy we know. Put it this way, fullback is the ceiling spot. You're chasing these big tons, obviously less likely early on in the season. But, Desi, with their draw, with the um, the tough games early on, the buy, the no goal kicking, his ceiling drops a hell of a lot. You would think so, yeah. Um, is he in your plans? He he sort of was until, uh, until I got talked around into it. Bringing Ponga in, it was madness not having him in my team. Um, yeah, I had Paps and Turbo initially, but yeah, without the goal kicking, just mm. he could no honestly chance. score twenty five to twenty seven against Penrith round one. Yeah, um, like sure. that, that wouldn't shock me at all. Just go, oh shit, and fullback you could have had could score one hundred and ten. That's a fair swing. In he could play one. well and get thirty. Exactly, he could look sharp. Yeah. He could look good. He could yeah. be solid as in a good display and get thirty. No tackle bus against a good defensive side. I understand it's only one round, but then you got two rounds and then a bye. I think it's fraught with danger. I think you find the funds elsewhere. Boys, beers and break-evens tomorrow. Guru and I covered our final two positions, front row forward and second row forward, and we have a great chat about Dylan Lucas and that night's back row, <coughs> Kai Pierce-Paul. Uh, but Dylan Lucas scored a double on the weekend, looked great. Just concerns that him, Pierce-Paul and Lucas, with Frizzell on one edge, are just going to step on each other's toes and cut into each other's minutes a little bit there. So a bit of a concern. How is Guru, by the way? I heard he asked about me, so I just wanted to return the favour. He's always asking about you. He loves you, the Guru. Okay. We, had, we had a few yarns the other night. He told me I'd rattled him on, on something. Um, but yeah, we'll catch up soon for a beer, Guru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boys, the last one I wanted to touch on, and, and Walsh has done his 23 eye catches from the trial, so jump on and check out that article. Sammy Valamai in a heavily understrength Cowboys outfit against a full-strength Broncos outfit. Took a few blokes off later on in the game, but 15 runs for 198 metres, a try, seven tackle breaks. Desi in a great spot for the Cowboys, who have a great draw to start the year. He's 671K, so the handicappers haven't missed him. But talk about super pod plays to start the year, because I'd imagine he'd be about 1% ownership. I'm... Not even a chance I'm going to gamble with it, but he could come out and explode in that Cowboys side if they start the season well. Yeah, if you wanted to gamble on it, Walsh has got it right there. Paying 101 to 1 for top try score of the season. That's the gamble I think you're going to take on Valmy. I, I personally wouldn't have him in Supercoach, though. Good draft pick. Yep. Get him a reasonable number. Boys, moving on, and let's... Uh, before we do move on, I had a chat with Paddy from Mortgage Choice SCW. A warm welcome back to the podcast for the first time this season. Paddy from Mortgage Choice SCW. Mate, no George. 
Mate, I know you've got the better half today. George, after a woeful two seasons of Supercoach, decided not to come back for the third. Yeah. He's jetted off to Thailand, mate. Fled the country. Given up, thrown in the towel, Georgie boy. Not happy enough with his sharkies. But we do have you, mate. Uh, and you are kindly back on board with SC Playbook for a third successive season. Yes, mate. Glad to be here. Looking forward to it. I hopefully do a little bit better in my uh, actual Supercoach numbers this year. I'm coming to get you, mate. Mate. That's bullshit. Yeah, your super coach side in Licorice All Sorts as per too many questions about round one. I will give you one thing. After an outlandish call when you're on about this time last year mm. that mm. Jake Trebojevic is better value to the Manly Seagulls than Tom Trebojevic mm. and you can go back and have a look at it this time last year and mm. as long wind as it was, it was all injury-based and that Tommy's never on the field and Jake never misses games. I hate to say it, but on last year's sample size... So far, so good. I'm something of a Nostradamus myself, mate. <laughs> a, a real visionary, and I'm back with another call. If uh, only you could help your supercoach side, <laughs> mate. This year's is potentially more absurd, not as bad, uh, but your supercoach tip going into this season, yep. what have you found? Um, you know, shock it has to do with the Manly Seagulls. Yeah, it always will be, mate. There's no surprises there. I'm a bit off you for not getting me on earlier because I've had this call from day dot and you know because I've been pestering you about it. Now I feel like everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. So when I say it, they're going to be like, mate, you're just, you're just bandwagon yeah, fan. Yeah, uh, after he carved up the, the South Sydney Rabbits <laughs> Harold Matt's team in a trial, hit us. What have you got? <laughs> mate, Dalian medalist for this year, Luke Brooks. <laughs> Manly, are, Manly are sliding into top four, if not top two. Mm -hmm. And Brooksy's going all the way this year. I, well, I would even go golden boot. Okay. If he is to go and win the Dalian medal, the golden yep. boot, just wipes the world, rugby yep. league awards. Yep. Is this on the assumption that Tommy Turbo, as per last year's prediction, gets injured early and just he just has to step up? Or can he do it with, with him there? Mate, Brooksy can do it with or without <laughs> Turbo, mate. Turbo's nothing to us this year. The focus is Luke Brooks. If Luke Brooks is fit and on the field... Manly are going all the way. Oh, watch this space. I swear to God, he's way better at his actual job than he is regularly <laughs> predictions, despite the turbo call last year, which is also about to fall flat yeah. on its face. No, two from two. We're going two from two. Mate, uh, you have been involved for two years. I've sat here. I've played yep. you. I've mentioned yep. what you can offer. Yep. Much better the SF Paper listeners hearing it from your mouth and not my mouth, trying to get across the point. Mm. Uh, what have you got to offer the listeners? Mate, we've already helped so many of the listeners and I've been really, really proud of the response that's come out of this. So if you're sitting on the fence, umming and ahhing, I want the listeners to reach out to us because the big thing that's tipped to happen this year, one, Luke Brooks, Dallium, <laughs> two, the rates are meant to come down. Now, this is going to be big for a lot of people who've been sitting watching the market, wondering, should I buy? Should I wait? They will tip this year and you need to get in, know your numbers, be prepared, be ready to go. If you're not quite there yet and you're just looking for a short-term cash fix, you need to debt consolidate, you know, you've got credit cards going out of control, of course we're there to help you with that. But the big one this year is going to be when's the right time to buy and you don't want to miss the boat. And, mate, we know plug it each and every week, but consult costs $129. Yep. If they mention SC Playbook when they get in touch, let you know we sent you. Go on. That is free of charge. Yep. Um, and the other one that you've touched on previously, mate, it, it doesn't have to be someone necessarily ready to commit, ready to spend money, whatever it might be. Mm. Uh, education's a big part of it. If they have any questions, get in touch, have a chat to you. You can help them out in that regard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even with the waiving the consult, for anyone that we've talked to from the playbook already, we've said if they've got family or friends and they mention their name, 
you know, we'll waive it for them as well, just because we want to get that education piece and want to help as many people as we can. But yeah, even if you're sitting on the fence, umming and ahhing, there's no stupid questions. There's no waste of time appointments. Please reach out to us and, and let us help you. And you started a podcast of your own all around education, yep. sort of mid to late last NRL season. Yep. It is these short, sharp sample sizes teaching the average nufty like imagine you to super coach it's mm. me to the to finance life. industry yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how to help out us out and educate us about the industry yeah we've done it for the tim williams of the world mm. how to how to I help those guys market. out you are definitely um maybe coming back for another season of that so stay tuned we'll keep everyone posted but all the episodes that we did last year are still on spotify apple music anywhere you get your podcast um and we've had a great response to that too name That'll teach you, mate. That'll teach you. Yeah. Timeless. Um, mate, where can people find you if they do want to get in touch? Yeah, if you want to get in touch, hit up our Instagram, George underscore SCW. Um, the best way as well, email. We've got a lot of emails come through. So all our email contacts are either on our Instagram or if you don't use Instagram, I believe all our details are on your site. For sure, mate. You can go to the SC Playbook website. Front right of it all, the predicted team yarn. It's also in other other yarns, but uh, the predicted team yarn, top of the page, the email, the contact number. If you're a bit more old school, you don't have the Instagram, uh, yep. can get it all there as well. Yep, and if you you know you need to give us a buzz, it's nine five two one one six one one. It's the easiest way. There you go, saving them time, yeah. mate. Paddy, cheers for coming on board Thanks, again mate. this season. Appreciate having you. Yeah, we're excited for a big year ahead. Go Brooksy. Cheers, Paddy. Thanks for jumping on the show, mate. Now, boys. 5-8 discussion. Jaden Campbell gone 5-8. Don't know about you boys, but it's causing me headaches and what I'm doing there. I had him locked in there. I was happy with him. He was the only one around that price range, around that 450, 470-odd pricing tier that I was happy to go with. I don't really like anyone else. I didn't want to pay up for Dylan Brown, but there's not a lot else there. There's now concerns about job security of KO Weeks and Ethan Strange as cheapies. Desi, I'll start with you, mate, because I know that the spy has Brown, so he has a few less headaches than the rest of us. What does your 5'8 look like at the moment? He looks like Luke Brooks. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Oh, here we go. 560k, boys. Honestly, he could be anything. Oh, Jesus. Do you have just, be do you just have Manly and Bulldog players? In his <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, he's the only... He's Before the second we move on, Guru's had way too much airtime on this podcast, so cut that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, mate. Luke Brooks. No, I, I think... Pa- Paddy's already given us a rap on him, and he wants him. Now you want him as well. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of touched on it in my team reveal here, but just picture Brooksy out the back to Turbo, puts him through holes... Mate, Brooks can't pass out the back, I tell you. He couldn't do it at the Tigers. <laughs> he only he hit short. That's why it's Burbo season. He just hit Brooks short all day. Brooks is not as bad as people think. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of the <clears throat> Brooks slandering over the years has been the Tigers players weren't in their positions when he passed them the ball. I'll tell you something. The being bad. If you're playing halfback in a struggling side, there's not much worse spot to be. So I'm genuinely curious to see how he goes. He could, um, some, he some, pretty, some good judges have said who, they, they think they've got it in him. So Who played 5 8 that 2021 year when they went on a tear? Schuster. No. No, but, no. But, but, sorry, but they played off Schuster. Shu, like, Shuey essentially played yeah. as a 5 8 there. And he's so good at it for Turbo. We, want, we actually want Schuster on the left yeah. there. But, um,. 5'8", was, was it and Was he still there? Foz. Yep. yep. Uh, so two of the best players you could have. That does hurt Tommy circling that back. That does hurt Tommy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I take it all back. He'll average 80. But the thing about Brooks supercoach-wise, runs heaps. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tackles a fair bit. Doesn't miss too many. 
he's a goer. Like he'll have a crack. So he's got a good base. If Manly make you know the top eight, top six, <clears throat> even they could push for that. I think Brooks could average seventy. He could have a breakout year. He could average the highest he's ever averaged in Supercoach. Are you not concerned that all the attacks going to go through Turbo and Ches? He's a bit like a little, Brown, though. He's a bit like Brown in that Brooks could become that link man he that could. Desi wants. And then any attack he's in the middle of, two things happen. Maybe he hits Tommy, who has the try assist. But if Tommy starts scoring those tries Manly, with his power, Manly. that's where he comes That's what fight. I'm thinking. I'm thinking if it's going to work for him purely in a super edge perspective, <clears> it's just putting Tommy in good space and Tommy just barrels through him and he gets the try Thank assist. you. 20 points done. A lot of Manly's tries come from you know open space. They blast up the field. Brooks is fast enough to be there. As he's a, a great runner. support player. He's, he's a support runner. He'll he is, but it's also, he, he's not going to outrun Tommy to that try. Fit Tommy, bro. <laughs> well, Tommy's <laughs> going to oh. run into the fullback. I, personally, I think on Brooks, he's a classic wait and see. Combinations, everything yeah. we always speak about. Give it a month. He might be worth a flyer then. I think you'll find better 5.8s, but... I've been wrong well, I'm not touching him, and boy, he's the one that I currently have in my team. I don't feel great about it, but the All-Stars game helped a lot. Braden Trindle, 439k, man of the match in the All-Stars for the Indigenous All-Stars side. More importantly than his good performance was just the amount of touches he got. He was really controlling this side despite being partnered with club partner Nico Hines. Now... You know, let's see how they go at club level together. And if they play the same style of footy, maybe Nico does take full control again. Firstly, I mean, it's not ideal for Nico, but for Braden Trindle, I feel like maybe he's my ticket to Dylan Brown round five or six at 439k. They've got the buy in round five. So if I was starting with Braden Trindle, I'd be making a plan to try and get him to Dylan Brown in round five. You're really banking on a score of 80, 90 there in there somewhere, which he's capable of. My concern with Trindle is just with Nick on the side, his base is pretty minimal. Mm. I think you'll have some quality touches like the All-Star game. We go, this, is, this guy's handy, but it might be just like a six-point repeat set or something like that. Yeah. Um, he can play footy, Braden Trindle. So, and at that price, I get the impression he could make you 50 on 100K over that first month if things go your way. But obviously the risk being, I do think there's a huge chance he just flatlines and stays exactly that price and then you've trying to find I, th- the I think you're Brownie. right in that we need him to punch out that 80 or 90 <clears> because <throat> I can easily see him having a couple of 30s or 40s in the first few you know the first month of footy but if there's an 80 or 90 to balance that out and get a bit of a price injection for round five to be traded I can cop that but if it doesn't happen like he could average 35 it'd be annoying if he does it round four though 94 yeah, I know, or something I know, like, oh, I've got well, to hold him so that'll be a 30 <laughs> Uh, yeah, KO anyway. Weeks will shut him down <laughs> <laughs> On to KO Weeks My current backup 5'8 mm-hmm. Who I don't even know If he's going to be in there Round 1 Honestly my gut feeling Tells me it could even be Ethan Strange Partnering Jamal Fogarty Which might be okay I actually don't mind I almost prefer to play Ethan Strange Because he's a tackle buster And he runs the ball Strong If he ends up in the halves But I guess It's tough you, So you're running Dylan Brown Got D Brown And KO at the I moment I didn't originally I had Um Oh, I say Preston every time, Jayden. but Jaden Campbell. Um, I was really excited about him, but a part of me just sat up here and I was like, oh, I just really want Brown in my side. And the answer to that is normally get him in your side then. Just figure out a way. Uh, I think he scored like three tonnes in four weeks or something last year. Then he got suspended. I can just see him averaging sort of around the 80 mark and just <laughs> plugging a tricky position. 
Um, I just love D Brown. The longer really this like preseason plays out, the closer, the more and more close I get to getting Dylan Brown in my team, just because it's the obvious choice. What hurt me was going from Pappy to Tommy Turbo. Cost me another two hundred. Funds are hard because so that made it tough. I've got the dual elite fullbacks, dual elite halves. Brown got JMK at hooker. It's a lot of money. Uh, so my thought was this week was. I was a little bit worried about having all these guns because they're probably priced somewhere around their max. Like, sure, they could get to a moon or whatever with some good displays, but you're not buying them to make money. You're buying them for points. I was like, shit, am I worried about cash generation if cheapies aren't as good? So my thought came in, because I've got the guns that I want already, I don't have to worry about trading to get them. So I can save trades there and utilise some trades in that first four to six weeks just around the low break even cash generation guys and do it that way well you're doing that regardless i am but i haven't ever stacked as much as i have this year i've filtered it through my squad a little bit more so but what what you're doing is if you're trying to get cashies and cash generation guys in that first six weeks while still trying to get oh i need to get brown now i need to get cleary now then you've got to also focus on that and figure it out got your guns you want i can purely just go i want this bloke this bloke this bloke each week and just filter my cash generation that way so i'm feeling pretty good about it well in theory it's sort of two, two different perspectives because in one sense you're hopefully holding these blokes you know i actually don't buy into you getting these guns you'll have them for the season because the reality is there's going to be injuries there's going to be origin there's going to be restings and there's going to be a time where how often do you start with a gun and have them all season? Not very often. Maybe Harry Grant, but like in halves or something. Top 13 helps though in bye weeks. Yeah, it does help. So maybe you can. But like even how often like a Nathan Clear is rested after Origin Week, whatever it might be. But the, getting back to the point, if you do start with all these guns, hopefully you're saving on some trades, at least in the short term. That's the upside of it. Points yeah. and save trades. Yeah. So. Boys, yeah. let's rip and tear into a few questions before we wrap it up. And we'll start with a question from more Jimmy. How much cash to keep left over for the opening trade? So you've picked around one teams. The season's kicked off. Desi, do you have a number that you try to keep in your bank in round one? Zero. Absolutely zero. I try and max it out. Um, I know you probably don't do that. You probably like to keep a little bit, but no, I just I just absolutely max out the cap as soon as possible. I figure there's you know there's always going to be a mid ranger or. You know, someone like that who's underperforming and you can downgrade them to a cheapie who's looking the goods. Spite? I don't think about it. I just want my best side. But saying that, it is, if you pick the side you want, there's 30, 40K there. It can be pretty handy because just that awkward trade, that round two trade you might want where <laughs> mid-range has failed or not had the role you want. And mid-range you really want like 13k more expensive. You're like, I don't really want to use two trades to make it happen. That's where it can come in handy, having that 30 to 50k. But I'm not sacrificing that at the expense of a guy I want in my 17 either. So there's a little bit of balancing. I don't think about it. It's more of an afterthought yeah. if needed. I, I try to keep 50k in my bank. If I can make that 100k and I'm happy with my team, sweet. I do think with the structure of a lot of sides this year, it's difficult to do because... We're all stacking our halves, especially if you end up going Dylan Brown. We all want, you know, generally speaking, people want a Harry Green or a Jeremy Marshall King, fullback stacked. So it's harder to squeeze all these blokes in. A lot of it will come down, as always, to Team List Tuesday to start the year and what cheapies we get. Do we have enough quality there to spend up? And maybe I can keep 100K in the bank. 
I love 50k worth of wriggle room for week two and week three of change. Candy. It just a let like you get there and you get to week two and you go, oh, just if I had a couple of extra k to make my trades, you know, it might be the difference between going like there's these three gun buys in round two and you want to jump on them straight away and they look like lock and loads, must-haves, they've got great roles and score well in round one. You're 2K short and then you then have to use a boost because you've gone, I can't quite get there. I get it. 50K, you stay, same could be said about 52K. But I like the wiggle room of 50K. Oh, we all love an early boost though, don't we? <coughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we love it. Uh, Might be next, next week's chat maybe. Spy, question from Hayden. Jackson Paulo, manly left wing, is he a goer? We, you know, if we're wrapping Tommy Turbo as hard as we have. He could be a goer. I'm not keen to start because I just want to see how that Luke Brooks-Tommy left edge combination unfolds. But I tell you what, if they're humming, left edge manly winger, be very happy to own. So that will be a very close watch the opening couple of weeks for me. Another one, uh, unfortunately not on the wing, but a question from Taylor Goodall. How does Desi feel about the Tommy Turbo, Ruben Garrick stack, the combination to start the season? So, you know, we just mentioned Garrick's stats when Tommy Turbo was last fully fit for a season, how good he was. If we do think Manly fire and Tommy kills it, playing Santa's not ideal, but could you do the combo and just go hard early? You could, you could. I mean, I did it last year and, you know, I think there were some raised eyebrows about Garrick last season, but you know he he proved the the doubters wrong mm. pretty pretty quickly, and everyone flocked to get him in. So he could he could very well do it again, but he's very very expensive for a centre. And when you need to get basically Turbo, Ponga, Heinz, and Cleary, yeah, it doesn't leave much left over to get Garrick. So I'm not on it, but you know I can't fault it either. Yeah, I can fault it at centre. I just don't like Ruben Garrick, even that season. I don't. I haven't looked at what the centres average in twenty twenty one, but it was Tommy Turbo cutting them out and hitting the winger. I think you want Ruben Garrick at centre. So, I do think Garrick could have a massive year, good. but it's just it's a low percentage play early. Let's just mm. let's make sure of it first. Spy last question from Joe Hart. Thought about thoughts about Arrow on an edge. Now there's a trial take that we didn't probably touch on, but you know the question marks were there around: Will Arrow start on an edge and in the middle? Where does <coughs> Talis Duncan come into the fold? Uh, as he did last year, Talis Duncan played a middle role off the bench. Jai Arrow played on the edge, played on that right edge as well. <coughs> uh, in the place of Keon Kalamatangi, Kalamatangi scored on the left edge. Mid 400k, Jaya, we've had a bit of a chat about him in recent weeks. Uh, I'll throw to you, Desi. Uh, if Jaya can land an 80-minute roll, lock and load, even in a 60-minute roll to plug a hole to start the season, I'm relatively keen on him. How do you see it? Yeah, absolutely. Straight in for me, I think, if he if he's guaranteed 80 minutes on an edge. I that's, the, that's the issue. He's not going to be guaranteed 80 minutes because there's every chance that, you know, Cam Murray could spend time on an edge, Talis Duncan could come on and spend time on an edge. I don't think we're going to get assurance. I think we're going to be taking a bit of a punt. Yeah, it's a bit of a toss-up between him and Kikau. Like, which 60-minute edge forward do you want? Which fallen gun do you want? <clears throat> I'm probably leaning towards Kikau at the minute, but I, I can see why people would want Arrow instead. Yeah, so the beauty of Arrow is also available front row, so that's where you can plug that tricky spot. I watched him pretty close last week. I like him on the right edge. Maybe takes away some attack, but lots of carries. That left Heaps edge, more carries on the right Left edge. edge for the bunnies, lots of decoys. Humming out the back there. Right edge, he's just doing the grunt work yep. all day. Tackles, carries, hopefully some offloads. Maybe a few four-pointers here and there, but 
I really liked him last week. I think it's maybe a bit boring, but front row is boring. Just <laughs> front row is to, boring. Just wants to do a job for us. Boys, that will do us for this week's podcast. When we return next week, we will have NRL team lists to start the season. Official ones, only four of them, but it's a start. Spite, thank you. Cheers, fellas. Desi, good return, mate. Pleasure to be back, boys. Maddie, we brushed you a bit this episode, but thank you as always. That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.